You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Welcome to the World Football Programme. Another Saturday morning filled with maybe not so much football, but a lot more of chatting about football. This week from 10 to 12 in the studio is myself, Penny Tanner-Hoth, Don Evans and Miranda Templeman. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Penn. Morning, listeners. On a very, very strange and eerie sort of football <laughs> dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. not as eerie as some of those pictures that you can see on the web of drone footage over Italy and other places oh, that have gone into shutdown. It's... The, the less pollution part is really lovely to mm. see. And dol- dolphins being seen in the canals of Venice for the f- first time for yonks. So, you know, it's a strange world we live in and it's almost like surreal, but it might be a good thing to just slow down a bit. Yeah. What's it saying? That uh, the effect of what us humans are having on the earth if mm. Mother Ma- Nature is kicking back into natural ways. It's lovely to see that. It is a bit different and we are dedicating this show to Chris Brady. Good morning, Chris. Hope you're well. We will talk about a lot of things today. There is a lot of football still happening. Uh, It's happening in different ways, I think, and maybe in different places. And we'll talk about all of that on the show today with our guests. The guests today are James Curtis, the CEO of Football West, Emmanuel Takianatis, the president of Floriat Athena, Derek Pollock, who has um, moved into Sterling Lions with uh, setting up a women's team there. Or not, I'm not sure if they set up a women's team there or he's certainly coaching a women's team there. We'll talk more about that with Derek. Uh, Derek also writes for um, various um, online websites like um, The Raw. I think he writes for The Raw. Um, and I'm not quite sure who else, but he'll tell us when he comes on. Neil Bennett, who writes for Beyond 90. 
and does a bit of match reporting for Football West. He'll have a chat to us. You might know Neil from Northern Redbacks fame, and he's also a weatherman. The ABC weatherman. That's he is. It. He's very skilled and talented, is our Neil? Yes, he is. And we'll have a chat to Simon Hill from Fox Sports about uh, how things are being affected on the wider scale. Simon is a Manchester City supporter. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible to laugh from all my Liverpool supporters out there. I mean, seriously, guys, how can this happen to you? You guys have worked so hard. You've got the coach of the the millennium. You've got the team that you could wish for, you know, only in in a dream, and this happens. Oh, my God. I know. Who? who, I mean, I really feel for my my, uh, Scouser mates out there. Don't worry. Hang in there, guys. Yeah. You might still get it. It's a bit It's a bit out of left field, isn't it? Yeah, it um, is. Bizarre. But, yeah, giving us something to talk about. Mm. A few new challenges on the horizon for anybody that's uh, not sure what we're talking about. The coronavirus has pulled a stop to all training and play across Australia. At grassroots level, we've got to be particular about that because the A-League is still continuing. And there are international leagues that are still continuing, although slowly one by one they're actually um, pulling to a halt, not just playing behind closed doors or actually stopping operations and the consequence of that are pretty huge. Mm. be interesting to see the countries whose numbers have been low, like Russia, for example, puts out that they've got it under control and hasn't really impacted their society, whether that you know that's true and whether they keep their league going. China, who is now saying that they've got everything under control, will they open up the Chinese football leagues, you know, in a hurry? Who knows? It's like there's lots of... Um, question marks out there as to what's fake news and what's real news so uh, it'll be interesting to see the real news that we get from uh, our leader here at uh, Football West and uh, and next guest uh, James Curtis I'm sure he'll be able to enlighten us uh, on the message that's coming from you know our leaders I mean the chain of command it has to be from our you know Prime Minister his medical uh, chief medical staff Um, they're the guys that are really going to direct us as to which way we go and at the moment I know there's a lot of medical people who feel that we're not getting enough um, you know true direction we're getting mixed messages and therefore there's a little bit of concern and not I won't call it panic but people doing making their own decisions based on their own uh, uh, call it um, you know investigation through their own media uh, call it Dr Google yeah Dr Google and all of a sudden everyone's becoming an expert on how to treat coronavirus when we haven't really got a clue yeah yeah we ask a lot of questions in the first 10 minutes of this show always and hopefully all of our guests can answer all those questions too if you want to land a question for any of our guests uh, hop onto our world football facebook page and um have a look at the run sheet and just pop a question on the bottom there or just uh if you're a member of the page which you should be We've got no prizes this time around, Penn. We can't give away tickets, unfortunately. So sorry, guys. This will just be a chat on Facebook and uh, yeah. s- see if we can uh, yeah. learn from each other. Yeah, just lob a post on there and Don, Don will monitor that. So yep. no games this afternoon to go and watch, Don. Mm, it's almost like, uh, well, you know, go out and smell the roses. Go out and, <laughs> you know, have a look at the beautiful ocean that we got out there. Go and for a bushwalk and, mm. you know, do stuff... You know, that keeps your family positive and healthy and all that. And that is happening. Mm. I live in Bull Creek and there are a lot more people out at the park walking their dogs and just out walking, which is great. I love it. It's life being it again yeah. instead of, you know, well, I mean, we, those of us who play football, play sports, we're, we're definitely life being it, you know, and now, but someone's taken that part of our life. Yeah. Well, they put a stop to it for now, but uh, so let's find other things to do. Yeah. Miranda, do you know what he means when he says life be in it? Do you remember that ad? 
There used to be a guy. There used to be a guy called Norm, right? Mm. And Norm was this big fat slob, and sort of a little bit like me, but not <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> you know, like but just let's just say he was a big overweight middle aged man, and he was trying to encourage people who were overweight to get out there and life be in it. So whether walk walk your dog, yeah. you know, run around the park, the television commercials they ran for kick years, kick a ball, kick a footy, right. yeah. whatever, yeah. Yeah, life being at norm. Good old norm. Yeah, I know. Without way. studies, I'm actually curling up into a ball and doing my studies. So yeah, um, yeah. Without football, it's kind of chuck yourself at school. That's it. I think a lot of people are doing that at my age. Yeah. Yeah, and we can't say to our kids at the moment no devices because yeah. uh, there's a lot of school programs, uh, oh, homework online. is online anyway, yeah. and um, I'm sure there's a lot of coaches out there mm. who are sending through messages to their teams and programs for their teams to do their individual training. Mm. Yeah. These are your benchmarks. There's a little video attached to get on your device and have a look at this. Mm-hmm. So, mums and dads, a, a little bit of accommodation at this time. <laughs> won't last forever. That's it. That's it. <laughs> We're going to go to a break and we'll come back and talk more football with myself, Penny, Don and Miranda. Stay with us. To help stop the spread of viruses like the flu or coronavirus, good hygiene is essential. That starts with washing your hands thoroughly with soap and water. Whenever you cough, sneeze or blow your nose, prepare food or eat, care for someone sick, touch your face or use the toilet. Remember to cough or sneeze into your arm or a tissue. Bin the tissue and wash your hands. Together we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government. Under a scorching June sun in the French coastal town of Marseille, two Algerian immigrants awaited the birth of their fifth child. Later that day, a star was born. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Call it soccer, call it football. Myself, Peter Skeeler, Penny Tanner, Sean Kelly, Don Evans and Derek Pollock are the voices in your world football team sharing the news across WA, Australia and the world for the one and only World Game, the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. For football's sake. For the sake of our registered players, there's 37,000 of them. For the sake of the game. For the sake of the dozens of high achievers who are already flying the WA flag in the world's best football leagues. For the sake of our visitors from Asia and beyond, whose cultures are woven through football. For the sake of Perth Glory, the state's A-League team, which aims to inspire the next generation. For the sake of the mums and the dads, the fans, the followers, and the football faithful, who are steeped in the most popular sport on the planet. Football needs a home. Football deserves a home. Every family needs a home. For football's sake. Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn, Don and Miranda in the studio and on the line is James Curtis, the CEO of Football West. Good morning, James. Good morning all. How are we? We're excellent. Fighting fit, uh, James. And, uh, That's the way. Just like yourself, no doubt. And uh, that, that lead-in uh, uh, ad that was played uh, was talking about a home of football and everyone needs a home. And I believe you guys have uh, relocated out of 
the home base uh, near HPF Park um, over to a new premise and now had to all head home and work from home. Is that where we're at now? Yeah, look, there's a, there's a bit of irony at the moment there. Obviously, we're at the uh, the old Princess Margaret Hospital site. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the the number one thing from, from our end, obviously, was that uh, over time, uh, you know, we found the, the, uh, the Lord Street premises a little bit too tight. Um, we couldn't fit any, uh, you know, all staff and some of us were across the different locations, including in... Uh, in the uh, Department of Sport and Recreations building. So state government was, uh, I suppose, kind enough to uh, help us out while we're, uh, you know, looking at, obviously, the State Football Centre. But, um, yeah, it's uh, this week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, we had staff sort of practice working from home and now we've got uh, all staff working uh, remotely. And that seems to have worked pretty well under the circumstances. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, technology quickly implemented, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, we seem to be getting there okay. What's the plan for the home of football? Um, the, the Princess Margaret Hospital is... Uh, I'm reading varying reports about what's happening there. It's been decommissioned. They're going to demolish it soon. You guys are there. There's a three-year hiatus. What's happening exactly? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, on the, on the home of football, uh, you know, we're having... Uh, very, very regular meetings uh, on that facility, so hopefully not very long left. Um, the very progressive discussions, etc., with obviously the federal and state government uh, on that project. But of course, that's uh, that's three years, uh, you know, to basically from today if you were going to build it. Um, and obviously, uh, we want it to be successful the Women's World Cup. So I think we need to bring it a bit earlier than that, but. Um, the key then is, obviously, with Princess Margaret Hospital, we've seen the demolition program uh, proposed. Uh, but uh, at this stage, with the discussions of the state, we're there for for the next long period. And hopefully we don't have to move anywhere between Princess Margaret and, uh, and a state football centre. Is the plan that when they do demolish the hospital, that the government would have found football a home to be? Is that the next step? Is it clear to everyone? Yeah, it's very clear to everybody. So, um, no, um, several ministers have all we've all discussed it. The premier's office uh, discussed it. It's all uh, pretty clear and uh, and a path ahead. Uh, you know, we would obviously like to be able to see that announcement come for funding from the state government. But uh, it's very clear that uh, you know football's been uh, perhaps not looked after as well as it should have over the. Yeah, longer period, so um, until focusing on a, on a solution. So with an election planned sometime next year, is it still bipartisan where both parties are committed to uh, seeing this through? Oh, look, uh, I, for me, the election's too far away. Mm. Uh, I'd be expecting an announcement in the budget, upcoming budget. Mm-hmm. We've got what, uh, obviously, uh, we didn't anticipate the, the current uh, COVID-19 kicking mm. in, but... Uh, you know, they, they certainly will need projects coming online. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, once we get through this initial period, it is about local jobs, um, infrastructure, and you're going to need a, a state football centre to be able to support that. So during this period of training and games being suspended, how does, uh, you know, what's on the cards for Football West? We've said um, mid-April, well, a bit earlier than mid-April, things will be 
resuming again, does that mean that uh, Football West are just going ahead, just working from home, just working towards that date to resume again? Yeah, so look, we've got a whole range of things on at the moment. I mean, um, the plan of attack still, and this is across what uh, we've been having daily, uh, member federations, FFA CEOs, uh, discussions um, about that sort of time, uh, you know, what can we activate by April 14 or April 15, uh, what things might we have to consider, uh, you know, where they are, for instance, the, the larger, you know, 1,000, 1,500 crowds, those large events, what do we do with those? Um, but, I mean, at the moment, the staff are, you know, parts of the business are focusing on that, that future piece. Uh, some of the teams at the moment that uh, competitions or their activities might be postponed for a couple more weeks, uh, they're starting to look at those ways and uh, how we can engage the, the football community. So the E-League, uh, well, we've got the uh, closing on Monday. I think we've uh, got record registration, so everybody will be getting some, uh, you know, PlayStation Xbox time, I think. Not <laughs> ideal. Uh, but uh, we've also got a couple more activations, which I won't announce just yet, but uh, in the next probably 24, 48 hours with some, uh, some special guests. So, uh, so they're looking at creative ways of being able to do that. And, I mean, there's also an opportunity, again, for, for the staff and what we're trying to do is build up those relationships with clubs, start that future planning, um, you know, take the opportunity that presents itself. What about players from NPL competitions that are all suspended at the moment, putting them into the school situation perhaps and being role models in the programs that are still running through school? Yeah, so so we've been having chats with um, the, uh, what do they call themselves now, Sports Australia, uh, about the school sports programs because we have been delivering uh, those programs. Uh, we're still waiting from uh, you know, advice from them because obviously, you're right, Penny, it's a great opportunity while the schools are continuing. Um, let's put some positive content and engagement in the schools and we can really you know, ramp that up with the with the clubs as well. That would be a big positive. So hopefully we get something Monday, Tuesday. Uh, we had an update from them on, on late Thursday. So I was just going to ask, James, with the chain of command on, um, you know, what, what sort of actions you guys put in place, are you getting directives um, both federally and state, as in from FFA, uh, who are in consultation with uh, federal government um, top-end top uh, decision makers, or are you getting it more from a state perspective through our local state government? Uh, both, really. Uh, I mean, we, so we've been having, uh, you know, pretty much uh, daily, twice daily video teleconferences with, uh, you know, federal and state government and then respective FFA member federation. What we're trying to do is make sure that we're consistent across the board. Um, I think that's that's very important for the whole sort of football ecosystem and how, how we get through this in a consistent way where we know what our objective is. And I think I said it earlier in the week, which for me is, you know, at, at the different points of disruption that we will have no doubt through this winter season, uh, number one goal is everybody coming through together. That's all clubs. Mm. You know, there's pressures there, our participants as well. And certainly, um, you know, again, uh, and I've chatted to James Johnson for a decent, you know, he's obviously got a tough, tough uh, swearing in uh, sort of ceremony time here as the uh, FFA CEO, but uh, he was very much on the same page. Mm. 
you know, how can we make sure everyone's engaged and safe and healthy through this period and let's keep consistent and, and united. Just, uh, sorry, Penn, the, the one question that I had in my mind was after seeing what's happening in the UK where the, the consequences of this... Um, um, virus are that a lot of clubs are now looking to put themselves into administration or voluntary uh, administration due to the impact and uh, their finances not being able to cope. Um, I don't think Australian clubs or our clubs, because I still believe we're amateur at best in comparison to the English model of uh, how a football club runs, I don't think that impact's going to occur here. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, look, I think we're seeing it across sports at the moment that um, there's you know, it's going to be some significant impact to clubs, uh, associations, uh, probably all aspects of, of the game. Uh, and that's consistent, you know, say, across sports as well as across sectors. This is an incredibly unique scenario. And I mean, I, I certainly turn my mind many times during the week about uh, every club as well has got, you know, uh, the, the bloodline has been those 10, 12 small businesses that are, you know, backing in those clubs, uh, you know, at every single level. Mm. Um, and they're going to be struggling. So, I mean, the discussions ahead uh, early this week uh, through the minister's office and through there and behind the scenes is uh, key for us is having local governments reduce the, the pressure on clubs. Mm. So if we can, if we can get local governments to waive or postpone just moratorium you know, the, uh, on, on rates and taxes correct you know that's the yeah most that's important right thing. that's that's key yeah. let's, let's keep the yeah. you know make sure that the clubs remain mm. um solvent and ready to go yep. uh and number one we see is just those costs at the local government area so mm. i know the minister's taken up that challenge mm-hmm. now a couple of others have and we've seen a couple of local governments do some positive things this week so mm. Um, but we're, we're working hard just behind the scenes. And I think it's really important that, you know, during these times, people don't necessarily uh, go straight to the the, uh, the extreme options of attacking each part of the system. It's, you know, working with local governments, yeah. uh, state governments, feds, etc. And, and whilst we might have, you know, a bit of heightened emotions, uh, we're all feeling it in some way. So... Are we, are we working we're working in cooperation with other leaders of sporting codes? So it's not just us talking to government because it would make sense that everyone comes under the one umbrella where the government's not, you know, giving special favour to one code more than the other. I, I see all clubs, whether they be basketball clubs, netball clubs, swimming clubs, cricket clubs, uh, footy clubs. And the big thing and is that we share resources. We share green co- space and so club rooms. we should all be given whatever assistance is given. It should be across the board equally. Yep. Yeah, correct. And, I mean, look, the I've spoken to pretty much every other um, state sports CEO uh, a couple of times this week. So sharing that across the board and then so from the local government uh, perspective, we, uh, you know, the discussion was, well, I'll take the lead uh, with a couple of the other CEOs so that we don't all duplicate up. Uh, a couple of the others will focus on some other aspects. So, you know, it's not really about competition, but, I mean, in saying, in saying that, what, what we're very conscious of is, um, ensuring that any any form of stimulus or assistance is very much means tested, um, and so what I mean by that is obviously some codes may have received uh, some very supportive packages over time. Uh, we want to make sure that there's about 80 sports across the board uh, that all 80 as well, you know, reach 
breach that line of being able to activate again. So um, we're conscious of that and, and often uh, people might read things in the media, but behind the scenes, those discussions are, are very much uh, aligned with uh, you know, the Minister and, and others. I think Don brought up a really good point, the difference of sport here perhaps to other places might be that we're very largely amateur and volunteer based so we can suspend competitions and go back to our normal life so to speak or our jobs if our jobs are still there um, and just kick back in again whereas if we're all full time in that football environment or ecosystem as you call it James then there'd be a lot more repercussion I think the consequence would be a lot more severe Oh spot on Uh, there's no doubt about it and so I mean, it's just important that, and when we're working with clubs, et cetera, that if we can really understand um, particularly that financial position, um, then we can have a look at what levers can we do whilst there's no cash. Okay, let's stop those costs. Uh, Let's communicate. Let's make sure that people understand. I mean, there will be a football season. Uh, It might look a little bit different or it might feel a little bit different, but uh, at the end of the day, we know that... is always going to continue um, as it has and there's a real opportunity certainly we've been talking about with staff which is as a sport we can uh, reflect and take this time and go how do we come out the other side and be even stronger Um, I certainly say the first time in my time in the job anyway there's been so many different stakeholders in WA recognised we're the most participated sport so that's uh, (laughs) that's, uh, pretty interesting but um, there is a great opportunity. We've just got to make sure we all, all get through this period. Yep. Just a, a couple of questions before we let you go, James. Um, on the other side of this... Uh, 14th I, of April onwards. Yeah. Yep. That's the best case scenario for everybody. Is it just a, a matter of we're going to kick back in and the season might go for a little longer or is there like some reconstruction scenarios of... An you abbreviation know, of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking at all options at the moment. Um, you know, it depends on, on that postponement. Uh, there is there is a, uh, you know, probably key considerations is access to field at the back end. Um, so that's going to be, I've already discussed with some of those other sports, okay, how can we work together to get a better, you know, overlay on that, that summer period? Um, it's also looking again, okay, well, you know, when when we look at it from a football technical perspective and speaking to some of the, the better experts in this space, um, they're saying, well, actually, from a long-term perspective, to produce better footballers, we need more football. More football. Okay, well, that might mean, okay, three matches, two matches, uh, you know, a couple more trainings. Let's take the opportunity to really um, test some of the existing, I suppose, uh, you know, programs and and see how we can come through the other side with something that actually might produce some even better football outcomes. Yeah. Uh, but we're looking at every aspect at the moment and just working with our club standing committees to, to see how we can make it happen. And the other one is the Football West AGMs coming up. How's that going to look? Uh, I think it's going to look very electronic. Uh, <laughs> we had, uh, uh, we had uh, ASIC uh, put out uh, some rules on Friday or Thursday, and a couple of days this week are a little bit blurry, but, um, uh, which was good because uh, it hasn't been necessarily considered in the past. So we, we're using some technology to um, uh, you know, have everyone connect up on telephones, videos, uh, et cetera, using Zoom, and then we'll also, uh, because we won't be doing it in a physical presence with the new rules, as well as recognising uh, the, the health and wellbeing of, of some of our members uh, who who may fall into some of the more higher risk categories. 
Um, so we'll do that and then we'll also push out a whole lot of comms out to everybody as well so that there's, uh, you know, as much information out there as possible. So still coming up on Wednesday, just a looking a little different than it normally would. Uh, sorry, that was a loud scooter. Uh, yeah, that's was. correct. On Wednesday, <laughs> we're still uh, still going ahead. Uh, it's probably just going to be, uh, uh, you know, a little bit different to what we, we thought it would have been. But um, we were scheduled to be down at Tompkins Park and in Perth Saints. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, we might have to save that up for next year. Yep. Okay. And it's... Well, just to finish on the positive note, and the positive note is that uh, Football West are looking at various activations, as you call them, for different formats for football to get us through this period and maybe in the post-April 14 uh, scenario there. So good job. We'll look forward to hearing about them. Thanks for joining us on the show today, James. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, good, My pleasure. Good stuff. Thanks, James. See ya. Bye. That was James Curtis, CEO of Football West, and uh, he might not have games to attend this weekend, but I'm pretty sure there's lots on his mind to be thinking about. Meetings we- and uh, conferences galore yeah. trying to get through um, yeah, where this is going to head. Oh, look, the positive I see out of this from mm. a strategic point of view is mm. that we are the most participated sport across our nation, mm-hmm. and everyone's in the same boat right now which is fantastic so it's the the common denominator is that we all have to think about each other the Mm. government's on our side in terms of building that home of football that's the key thing that's uh, come out of that so we it's not on the back burner it's still very much on the front burner it's great yep our sense of community has to be implemented here Mm -hmm. and remember as the men at work said we come from the land of plenty don't store the toilet paper okay there's plenty to go around stop panicking (laughs) chill people chill (laughs) We're going to go to a break and we'll come back and have a chat with the president of the Florit Athena Soccer Club. Or is it Football Club? Football Club. Football Club. Florit Athena FC. That's it. We'll be back very shortly. Everybody has goals. Whether it's learning a new skill or passing on knowledge, making new friends, Is it finding a career path or reaching your full potential? Chase your goals. See where football can take you. West Coast Futsal Association has social competitions at Hollywood Futsal Club in West Perth and the Mount Lawley Futsal Club. Competitions are open for new players looking for a kick around with mates from Monday to Friday. For those looking at high level futsal, there is the Junior Leagues in Karanjup on weekends and the male and female Super League competitions based in Subiaco. For more information, contact Brittany on 0481 881343. Want better strata management? Put Prosperity Strata Management at the top of your list. We provide a flat competitive fee with no extra or hidden charges. We provide value for money repairs with contractor prices reviewed regularly. And we provide prompt professional service with 30 years experience, which is why our clients recommend us. Your property is our concern. See prosperitystratamanagement.com.au A station's virus is spread when you cough and sneeze and the tiny droplets land on surfaces others might touch. You can help reduce the risk by coughing or sneezing into your arm or a tissue. 
bin the tissue. Wash your hands with soap and water. And if you're sick, seek medical advice. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Welcome back. That's awful. Yeah. Hang on, let me just try it again. And we're back. Manny, that line is awful. No, I'm going to hang up and do that again. Okay. Don, I'm going to throw to you randomly and I'm going to ring Manny again on the other line. Well, I could... Um actually just go through the games that were played last week mm-hmm. <laughs> when we did have football happening. So for all the people out there who um, uh, didn't get to a game last weekend, there was some uh, NPL being played and uh, and there was some uh, very, very interesting uh, results in the first round. And uh, I'd say probably one of the upsets of the round was um, the championship um well, last year's champions getting rolled at home by the gent we're going to talk to next, um, Emmanuel Takonyatis, who will be referred to as ET, uh, just for simplicity. And um, yeah, Florida Athena had a, a very uh, it was it was a very entertaining uh, game down at Dorian Gardens where they won two nil. Bayswater City beat Armadale in another entertaining uh, tussle. Uh, they won four two. Um, Balcada had a, uh, a what, what I'd consider to be a good, uh, strong one nil home victory at, uh, against ECU Junlup. Coburn City an away win against Sorrento three one. So they started their season off well. Inglewood United came from behind to uh, topple Rockingham City three two. And Gwellup Croatia started the season with a huge win against Perth Glory Kids five uh, nil. So uh, that was the start to the NPL, and <laughs> now. It's time to just chill for a bit. Yes. E.T., are you there? Mm. Uh, yes, I'm here. Yes, perfect line. <laughs> That's okay, a line. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> good to have you on board with us. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, good morning, Ian. Thank you for having me on the program. No problem. We've got to Emmanuel Takionatis. How did I do with the surname? Close. Uh, it's close. Um, it's more Takionatis. Um, Takionatis. Sounds easier when, uh, when somebody, uh, yeah... Um, but uh, in club land, I'm known as ET. I'm happy with that. How's things looking at uh, Flory <laughs> Athena at the moment? With all that's going um, on. <laughs> yeah, mm. look, I think we're all sharing the, the same burden as, as every other club. Mm. Um, but, uh, look, we're, we're working through it. Um, the landscape's changing on a, on a daily basis. So, um, as a club, we're doing our own due diligence. We talked to James Curtis, the CEO of Football West, just prior to yourself, and one of the things that I think was really important that came out of the conversation is our recognition that we really are a land of volunteers, and that's pretty much what gets a lot of our sports through, and that might be one of our saving graces in terms of the consequences of what we're going through right now and how we come out on the other end in terms of um, if we're all full-time professionals in those jobs, we'd be you know, hurting, you know, where yeah. we're going to get money from, how we're going to produce an income. Yeah. How do you look at those things, E.T.? Yeah, look, I, I agree. Um, I, I suppose the, the fact that as volunteers, we also have our own personal lives, family and, and, and work commitments. Um, the fact that we're not uh, working full-time and relying on the revenue coming from these clubs, um, I, I suppose that's uh, uh, an advantage. But um, we're still applying.
applying that volume of commitment as volunteers, even though we're not being paid for that role. So the um, the burden, and obviously with what we're experiencing now, is only going to increase even more because, like every club, we're stretched with volunteers. Mm. Um, volunteers are doing over and beyond of, of what uh, of, of what is expected, uh, and that's only because it, it's hard to bring new volunteers into the fold. Mm. Um, and and everybody's got busy lives; they'll understand that. Um, and now with this disruption, that's just only going to add even further stress onto onto the existing volunteers. So, and then you've got your priority, which is stay healthy and stay safe. Mm. The, 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 the one thing I look at, E.T., with uh, Clubland now being in this hiatus is, you know, on one hand you're saving because you're not having to play, uh, pay player wages at the semi-pro level. On the other hand, you've got all these kids who have registered and uh, have paid good money to want to play and all of a sudden um, they haven't got a, a clear uh, direction on when they'll be able to get some value out of the money that they've handed over to clubs yeah. and that's one of the things that that's the universal through every club it's not just unique to one club it's every club that's got juniors will have this dilemma and, and are you getting any sort of direction from our governing body on how to manage this if you have parents sort of coming up and saying oh look you know i don't want my boy playing now because i'm scared of the virus are you getting that sort of reaction or is everyone sitting content knowing that hey listen there will be a day when our kid will be playing soccer at floret and you know in the local leagues um it, it, it's a mixed bag yep. um starting with the with the senior players um started off the season really well, uh, taking those three points off Perth last week, um, and all of a sudden it's come to a halt. Um, massive disruption, obviously, into their preparation for the season. But the um, some feedback I've been getting from some players, um, particularly um, uh, that, that source of income, uh, which to them was... Uh, was all they were receiving, um, some being students. So it, uh, they need some kind of financial assistance in, in that area. Um, moving down the chain, um, the juniors uh, try telling a little kid that you can't go kicking a ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's heartbreaking. Well, with your teammates, um, you have to do it with your family in the backyard with your mum or dad or down the park yeah, now. Well... Pretty much these are measures that we're putting in, um, which is coming, uh, the message coming through our junior TD and our senior TD. Um, they're putting um, uh, links on from YouTube and, and a few drills that that uh, our little mini-roos can practice uh, or do in, in the lounge room or in the backyard, uh, obviously in isolation uh, within a safe environment. Um other aspects, uh, the, the TDs putting forward a, a fitness program um, to keep the, the players not just physically but also mentally um, in tune. Um, so there's, uh, we have activated quite a few different processes um, to keep the momentum going, to keep the club live within their minds. And, and I think that's the important message to, to have there that, yes, 
it's just a temporary um, disruption. Mm. Um, consider it as an extra few weeks onto your school holidays. Mm. Um, I, I know w- when my kids were playing juniors and they had a game in the middle of uh, of the Easter break, I'm thinking, God, I can't even go away for a week or two. <laughs> um, now, all of a sudden, you've got that extra few weeks. Mm. So, you know, there's some benefits, but there's also... You know, I even asked the question, one of my daughters uh, is in a dancing class, and, mm. and I said to my wife, now, in a, situation, in a situation like that, would parents be asking for a refund because they virtually can't do six weeks or eight weeks of, uh, of the course? Mm. Um, so these are real questions that I'm sure we're going to be confronted with, and this is the guidance that we now need from our governing bodies, like Football West, mm. Um, to to sort of guide us to say, well, you know, here's a an answer of some sort that we can give back to to the parents. What about um, the the rest of the club there, uh, Et? Um, Florida have a large catering or uh, like a, a function or events space there. Right. Um, of course. Is that part of like something that um, the club capitalises on? That when it's non-footballing activities, there's other clubs using that space as income, or yeah, they won't and, be able to use that now. Yeah, that's right. Very much. So, I mean, the immediate impact. Um, so, the moment we received the uh, the message from football football West and the FFA. Um, the club circulated uh, an email to say that all football activity. Um, come to a halt until April the 14th. Now that also included um, the regular services that are that are run at uh, in the club room. So we we have a cafe neon, which is a cafe where a lot of our elderly members um, participate in that. Um, they they go there on a daily basis, sit there, um, just discussing the world's problems, solving the world's problems. Mm. So it's a meeting place for them. Mm. And uh, and the average age is 75. So mm. that was our first main concern, mm. that, you know, to we need to protect these elderly members and, mm. and knowing that the C19 virus uh, targets that age group. Mm. So that was the first thing we had to close down. Mm. Um, of course, you've got staff that work that and operate that. So... They had to also be advised that you know there'll be a, a temporary suspension. Mm. Um, Tuesday nights we have our regular Greek taverna night. That's been running for many many years, and um, and last Tuesday it uh, was was put on hold until further notice. Um, so these little um, services that are provided is, is basically your bread and butter. Having said that. Throughout the week, you've also got your Thursday night dinners for your players. We also have um, junior um, junior dinners as well. Um, function in the club room uh, from a variety of from birthdays up to wake. So all that had to be put on hold um, because of the, the current restrictions. Et, what's the message, the, the positive message that you're putting out to your members? Uh, obviously, with the men's NPL team, they're you know a highly trained bunch of athletes that'll be, you know, really uh, wanting to be out there and playing their games that they've been trained and you know they've got to their their peak and they're ready to start the season. The night series is done; they're ready to rock and roll. Now they've got like uh, four weeks <coughs> of not being able to apply their trade. What's the message that's going out to to those athletes? 
for getting through that period? Stay yeah, healthy. well, <laughs> it, well, stop healthy. Really? Um, look, AK, AK, a, a professional coach. Um, have a lot of respect for the man. He's uh, he's had a meeting with the players. He's uh, he's provided his instructions on on how to stay fit, obviously healthy, um, to 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 keep your body in tune over the next four weeks. Um, that's at that level, and of course, as I previously said in, uh, previously in the uh, on the program, the where our technical directors in in junior and senior are providing the players with um, uh, programs to stay mentally and active, uh, engaged, um, and in tune with their body. So when they do come back, it's not like we're doing a pre-season again. Yeah, mm. um, because MPL. Well, I know with our club, MPL started uh, out of season in November, then pre-season in January, and then it just flowed into the season. So yeah. tomorrow was the first day or first uh, first game kickoff for the MPL juniors. Mm-hmm. We did chat with James about um, you know Football West considering assisting clubs in in getting a moratorium via their local shires and councils on their rates, taxes, and uh, let's call it other bills that hang over your head, whether people are playing at your venue or not. Um, is that something that you guys are going to be actively uh, pursuing, uh, regardless of Football West's efforts? Just can I say on that, my, my club's uh, yep. Mum FC uh, mm. ET, so Murdoch yep. Merville, yep. and the. The council's already been on to us. Like they're they're, they're very good, proactive. And, yeah, absolutely. It's and, great. And, and yeah, they've said, look, you know, don't don't stress about it, kind of thing. And that the message to yeah. us from outside yep. is, you know, we want you to be continuing as a club, and yep. um, we're here to help, so on yep. and so on. So it's all all fairyland in that regard. Yep. So far, how's it been with you guys? <laughs> yeah, look, um, I, I must admit we have a very good relationship with the city of Vincent. Um, it has taken the last eight months to, to build that bond um, and it was only a few days ago I actually sent a personal email to to the CEO and requesting for um, some administrative relief in regards to, um, to cost due to the City of Vincent which is for our lease area um, the, uh, the Britannia Reserve as well um, so where they can assist us by freezing these these payments um, for now, um, and to advise us if there's any stimulus packages of which the club can also uh, tap into, uh, because it's also taking revenue away from the city of Vincent yeah. uh, for this short period of time. So, um, if you have twenty or thirty clubs around you that you need to freeze that revenue, um, that also puts the, the city in, in in financial stress. Do you know, ET, so, when you said that, that sounds very insurance-like, when you make a whole heap of claims and next year your policy goes up? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Pretty much. And so it has that domino effect. So you, 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 you've got to be mindful that you're asking for something which they also need to, to put in process with state or, or, or federal government where they could tap into funding that's going to assist what we're requesting. Having said that, we looked at the basics um, within the least area. Um, The instruction is, the message is, turn off what we we don't require. Yes. Mm. So for the next four weeks, you know, you've got a a fridge sitting in the change room that's got ice or or so forth. So just switch all the the white goods off that we don't need. Just just the little basics. 
speak to the utility suppliers and, and ask, look, can we have some kind of um, a payment plan or, or, or freeze payments for the next, uh, next six months until we start having that source of income and revenue coming back into the club? Yeah, I think the goodwill must be that uh, it's the, the, the p- period of time that you're inoperative that ha- has to be seen as just being uh, gifted uh, to the clubs because you're a volunteer organisation and it's up to the councils, I believe, to get that s- support on the revenue they're missing out from higher up the chain and being on, the state correct. government. On the other side of that too, mm. everybody wants the business relationships yeah. and community relationships and networks to continue in the same good faith that they are Absolutely. pre this mm period so we don't want to disrupt that yep. or annoy anyone now before we let you go i have to put a shout out to a friend of mine et uh katie yes. katie uh Rutter. Oh. okay so uh she's a long long time friend of mine and she'd hate it if i didn't mention her name so wherever she lands she tries to get a women's team happening and i know she's landed at floriot so i know she's she trying has. to get a women's team happening there so th- this is my shout out to her and to floriot to get women on board once everything starts back in Oh, look, definitely. The um, Katie, when I first met her, I, I, I was... The, the, the first reaction I had is, gee, I'd love to have 20 of her. <laughs> she, is just, she, is, she is just full of... Um, Energy, enthusiasm, life, motivation. Energy. Yeah. Oh, it's like... And no matter what time of the day you speak to her or when you see her, she's just that little bubble yes. full of enthusiasm. And look, she's doing a great job. Um, uh, promoting, so uh, we're excited. I mean, that's one of many positives that uh, we've been able to do in the last uh, uh, eight months at, at Floria Athena is uh, is to have a women's team, and she's still seeking uh, more players. Yep. Uh, we've got uh, two junior girls teams as well. Um, we've got our power chair team, which we're really excited. Um, I went to the first uh, first game, uh, and and it's amazing to see how um, these these uh, players on their on their wheelchairs or made wheelchairs. Oh, it is uh, it, it is so exciting. There mm. there is a lot of talent, and you know they are athletes. They are professional athletes. Yeah, and just uh, um, by, by the way, um, Justine Bonzer, yeah. who's the assistant coach to Bobby Despotowski's the women's Perth Glory team, um, I yeah. think Jess, I think she was the captain of the Florida Athena team a few years back. So that and um, Lisa Tana, who's now coach of Balcatta, she was playing in that yeah. team. So you've had some pretty highfalutin names in your women's teams over the years there. Yeah, so we just, have. So look, we're, we're wanting to grow mm-hmm. um, our our women's team. Um, the city of Vincent has also we applied for a grant purely just for our women's team, and and that's been successful. So uh, that will assist by keeping the fees uh, to a minimum um, and to encourage more female engagement um, into the club. Excellent. Well, we've done our bit. Um, there you go, Katie. Um, that should earn me a dinner or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> at least a chicken well, souvlaki. Maybe, maybe she can shout you a dinner at, uh, at one of the Great Savannah nights. Back, back, in, back up and operating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be very happy with that. I love Greek food. Thank you very much. <laughs> E.T., really appreciate you um, joining us this morning and having a chat. Um, whatever way That's you can okay. soak up the football for the weekend, I wish you all the best that you do so and keep our footballing environment uh, happening. Good on you. Yeah, keep it alive. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. All the best, ET. Thanks, ET. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.
He sounds very young. My goodness. Well, let's just say he's uh, a, a youngish president. He's definitely compared to what used to be at Athena. Uh, used to be very uh, old, wise men running the club and uh, now it's the the new guard that um, are leading the charge. And uh, he's you know, he's very um, very level-headed uh, and, and professional. I think it's good to see. I think at all clubs, a lot of a lot of professionals rising through yep. their committees, and uh, it's not run by you know well-meaning, um, call it mums and dads who don't really have the skill set to mm. handle these sorts of things. Was it uh, Peter Capsanis who's also yeah, working P- at Florian? Yep. So you got ET and PK. There you go. <laughs> so, P- so PK is pretty much the uh, I think he's the number two to ET and just works the media side of things, and he's the schmoozer. He does a good job. What the heck is a schmoozer? Someone that just keeps everyone smiling. Mm-hmm. Okay. The grease. That's it. The, yep. the grease on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to a break and we'll come back and chat more football with Derek Pollock. This is Penn, Miranda and Don on the World Football Programme. Going out on the pitch with your friends is always an amazing feeling. I train a fair bit, but when you're doing it with your teammates, it's a lot more fun. Having that camaraderie brings out the best in everyone, knowing that you're working together to achieve something. And you know that you have faith in your teammates because you guys are so strongly bonded together. You're just playing with friends, enjoying the game, having a laugh. You can't beat it. Have fun, make friends, keep active, play football. I'm Rose, a junior trainee at Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. I am the fourth generation of our family business. Oswest Fencing is built on 50 years of experience, creating unique fencing and gates and servicing the West Australian community. Let us help you secure and refurbish your home or business with customised materials and automation made to laugh. Ring us on 9258 6822 to discuss your ideas or visit our online galleries at auswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au. Station sponsor. Have you recently been overseas or in contact with someone with coronavirus? It's important to monitor your health. If you develop flu-like symptoms, fever or cough, seek medical advice and call ahead if going to a doctor. Then, if your illness is mild, stay home, practice good hygiene and avoid anyone prone to viruses, including older people. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor. Hi, and welcome to the World Football Programme. The team are on the air for 2019 from February through to the end of November at their usual Saturday time of 10 till 12. Become a member of our Facebook group, join in the football chat, share your news and win prizes throughout the year. 
thanks for tuning in to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Welcome to the World Football Program. Pen, Miranda and Don back in the studio with you. And a big thank you to everybody that supports the programs. These are the ways that you can do that. You can ring the station on 94942100 weekdays and you can become a member from as little as $33. And basically that enables you to be an exclusive member. And then when we have prizes to give away, like tickets to games and things like that, which I hope that'll be pretty soon. I hope it's just a matter of like a month and then everything's back on. Straight back in. Yeah. Yeah. And and any other special things that are happening. So if you're a member and you can come to the AGM and there's the uh, radio end of year uh, function that you can come to. There's a big dinner. The food's great. You can meet everyone. And also if you like the page, the World Football Program Facebook page, then uh, we run competitions and quizzes on that through the week and through the show. Um, thank you very much to Prosperity Strata Management. Louis, who's a member of our team, thank you very much, Louis, for being on board the last couple of years. And Greg Farrell, who is on the Northern Redbacks coaching team, West Coast Football, the director of coaching there, they've been on board the last couple of years. Really do appreciate that. I think that's a good um, symmetry with World Football Program and the Five-A-Side Football Competition, Perth Glory Football Club via their tickets and giving us lots of people to talk to on the radio, Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron and Gate and Fence Hardware WA, which, by the way, I have to say, both businesses are going great. They're my businesses, mm. and they are just going through the roof at the moment, especially the online business. Bring it on. Good stuff. <laughs> Good morning, Derek. How are you? Good, thanks, Benny. How are you? Uh, I'm awesome at this moment. I'm all good. i don't have to go watch a game this afternoon, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but I'm just saying I feel quite relaxed at the moment. Pen feels like she's on, she's on holidays, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Are you feeling the same or are you still a busy boy? Oh, no, I'm, yeah, def- definitely not on holidays at the moment. <laughs> yeah, my word. <laughs> Very busy. How's, how's the, uh, the landing at my old favourite club, Sterling Lions, a, a real good uh, a venue for, for sporting development or football development. Um, how have you enjoyed the, uh, the switch over and, uh, and working under the, uh, the uh, President Luke Pavlos, a, a dynamic young man with a, a very good, ambitious young committee that he's got there? Yeah, no, it's all been fantastic so far. Uh, yeah, the committee have been really on board, have been really positive and, and, and helpful and forward-thinking, so that's been, yeah, it's been excellent. Um, Luke, Chris, Trevor, they've all been yeah, fantastic to work with so far. And what sort of, uh, well, the skill sets and what, and what have you brought to the club in, in respect of, you know, basically your football ability? Oh, there's a question for you, Derek. <laughs> Come on, I want it. <laughs> uh, well, I think the biggest thing is uh, the passion for women's football and, and sort of, yeah, the passion to help get that up off the ground because it wasn't a team there at the club last season. So I've come on board and brought some players into the club. So we started to develop um, some programs there, helped coach the, the juniors as well, helped recruit the juniors, implement some things there, get some of the senior players involved with the junior coaching. And uh, so, yeah, just I believe change rooms and all these uh, things that weren't there for the girls are now being addressed and being currently built. Is that the state of play down at Macedonia Park? Yeah, and yeah, no, definitely there's been a lot of upgrades going on at the club at the moment. So the insides getting of the club rooms are getting done. Change rooms, like you say, are getting done. Um, there's been yeah, female-friendly change room developments going on. 
in the main set of change rooms, which is really pleasing to see. Fantastic. Well, progressive step. I remember we tried with uh, a girls' team and uh, it lasted, I think, for about two seasons. And uh, just, you know, because we weren't in a high league, it was, uh, I think, a Division 4 or 5, and the girls had a lot of fun. But uh, as soon as uh, our daughter Tash headed off to London with the DT38 Foundation, it was like um, a lot of the other girls, she seemed to be the gel holding it all together, but um, it's good that you know the club's now gone and uh, taken a, a real positive step to make it more than just a one-team wonder. It's you know it's a committed effort. It's good. Yeah, it's good to hear that you're putting your finger in other parts of the female football pie there as well. It's um, you know to make the top end work, the bottom end's got to have a pretty good base. Mm. So, got to help encourage that along too, right? Yeah, no, so junior development is definitely something that the club is very interested in and, yeah, and I'm very interested in, uh, you know, when I was at Beckenham for three years, um, I was, yeah, had a lot of involvement there with the juniors and that was pleasing to see that by the time that sort of, um, we, we, yeah, by the time I left the club, uh, junior players were starting to um, filter through to the senior team thanks to um, people like Jocelyn Quest coaching, uh, Lindsay Kenyon and Andrew Priado, people like that doing a lot of coaching and the senior involvement with the junior team I found was just totally invaluable so that's what I've done again at Sterling this time has been trying to get senior players to help coach the juniors so that that link is really really strong because you can have a fantastic senior team but if you don't have junior programs to back that up then it, the whole thing can just fall fall to the ground very very quickly it's, it's all sort of with the house of cards there so talking about the house of cards and the EPL and European football um how how is that world going to uh, change in the coming months? Do you see decisions being made? Have there been decisions made on leagues being closed out? Uh, I mean, everyone wants to know: Is Liverpool going to get this title, mm-hmm. or are they going to have it stolen from? <laughs> What's the go there, Derek? I would find it yeah hilarious to no end if, if somehow Liverpool managed to not win this title. Uh, <laughs> You're obviously but, a man you um, supporter. <laughs> no, definitely not a man you supporter either, no. But no, no, it would be, yeah, it's almost as if there's a curse on Liverpool at this point. Uh, but, um, yeah, look, I guess what, what complicates things um, is the sort of the many levels on which there are decisions to be made because it's not just a case of will Liverpool win. You know, that was the only consideration then it would be very, very easy. Just People just go, oh, we'll end the season now. Liverpool off the crown. Well done. Let's all go home. But there are so many more levels to it. You know, who gets relegated? Mm. Who gets mm. to be in the um, Champions League? Mm. You know, Man United, uh, I think, a win or four points away from Chelsea. So they're not going to want um, the season to end now based on the current standings. Uh, Karen Brady, I'm sure you heard Don um, being a hammer. Yeah. Uh, was, <laughs> we've obviously no... <laughs> Uh, no impartiality there at all. Um, it's just saying that we should declare the season null and void, given that they're currently um, <laughs> in relegation. <just> gold, <laughs> yeah, gold, gold inside the relegation zone. Yeah. So you know, you know, was, obviously there are no other factors there. But the, who's going to get promoted yeah. as well? You know, so yeah. it, it really there are so many different levels. Yeah. And the Premier League have said, well, I think it was UEFA said they're going to try to play every season out. Mm. Uh, so that it, it, by, by, I think, the 31st of July or something like that. Mm. Um, but again, you know, the, the problem here is we don't know what we don't know about coronavirus. Mm. Yeah. When will it end? Yeah. When will people be able to come back out? Mm. Um, and and, and here's the big then, thing. Here's the big thing, I reckon, is that in Australia here, it might 
go through completely and we'll be back on board in two months and operating as per normal. Mm. China might be up and running completely back to normal in two weeks. Italy might be under wraps for another six months. Mm. England might be for another 12 months. So mm. we've got players and international <coughs> competitions happening all over the place and they all affect each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why you can't, as UEFA, you can't just say it's all going to be done by here because, again, like you say, Penny, there, um, different countries are going to go on different timescales. Yep. And so each, each FA needs to figure it out for themselves. Um, Lazio... Um, are already one point behind Juventus. So they don't want the season to be ending mm. now because they think they can still win it. And they mm. feel that they've already had a couple of uh, titles taken away from them in previous years. So, you know, but again, what about player contracts? Because just as an example, Chelsea, uh, William and Pedro, their contracts both end uh, at the 30th of June. So if we try and push the season out to July or push the season into next season, you know, do their contracts get an automatic six-month rollover? Or do, will there be another transfer window? You know, again, there is this intertwined mess of, of factors that you can't really uh, decouple from each other. And I think of Sam Kerr went to Chelsea on a squillion dollar contract and she's not playing football so and she's still getting paid a heck of a lot of money and how that impacts on the club and what they can do to change their income feeds because obviously TV... Uh, rights, coverage, whatever, um, if the games aren't actually being played, there's nothing being covered, mm. so nothing's getting out there. But if you look at, say, uh, the A-League, they're playing behind closed doors, so uh, Fox will be doing very well and, and you know other networks, whatever, will be doing very well. So it affects our country in a different way than it affects uh, England or other European nations. So you know, the money factor is going to come into it in a really big way. Mm. I'm not quite sure what the average attendance for the A-League was hell of a lot different to, um, obviously, uh, English yeah. leagues. Mm. Um, but I'm sure if they offer some pretty tasty online packages for people to watch games with, for the A-League, then Fox you know, ratings will go through the roof again, so on and so on. So, there's, yeah, like you say, all these different factors, Derek. Who knows? Yeah, but even... but um, it, I don't want to focus... I mean, it's, well, it'd be remiss of us to focus primarily on things right at the top end of football because whilst they are very, very important for a lot of people, um, they're, they're still not particularly important in the in the grand scheme of things. When you focus on um, lower league football, the League One, League Two, there are very well, there are a huge number of clubs that live a very hand-to-mouth existence. They've got contracted players that, regardless of whether football's being pa- um, played, players are getting, players are getting paid. Mm. And there are a lot of clubs that are very, very close to going under yeah. because match day revenue is just such a huge part and it's just a massive percentage of their income. Pies and beers. Mm. Just just <laughs> looking at Football 24 and who's played games and who's got games scheduled, there's games been played in Singapore, uh, there's games been played in Belarus, uh, Burundi, uh, Nicaragua. Where the heck's Burundi? <laughs> I think it's an African country, isn't it, Burundi? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's. Um, I think it's next to Eritrea. Yeah. So or Bel- in that region. Belarus, uh, Hong-, Hong Kong Cup. So Apparently the Chinese Super League is back, back set on. to um, restart. Right. Wow. There you go. So, there's some, you know, out of all the doom and gloom, there is a bit of confidence out there that Football will soldier on. Awesome, awesome. Care less, maybe in some of those countries you mentioned. Maybe care less, or maybe we don't have this problem with this virus. Yeah. You know, maybe Nicaragua hasn't been impacted yet. 
So, but Hong Kong and Singapore were probably the first to react in pretty much, you know, um, not closing the borders, but the restricting know, activities, restricting yep. quarantining, and all that sort of stuff. So they were right on top early. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting la- football landscape we have now, and uh, how it's going to unfold, and when when we're going to kick back on. We were just asking James Curtis. I mean, we've got fourteenth of April as our date of um, uh, call resumption. It, well, I won't call it resumption. I'll call it looking at the the circumstances, Pretty how they are on that yeah, date, yeah. and if if things are better, then then I'd say they might make a a call. Um, yeah. Whether it's uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was listening to that this morning as well. But I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. So again, um, all of my information is to take that with a pinch of salt. But based on what I've read, mm. they're expecting, or they were expecting, the coronavirus to sort of peak in in Australia in the sort of July August region. So I think an April will restart date is extraordinarily optimistic. Yes, yeah. agreed. Yep. 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 And again, you know, we've got parents who, you know, I've already been in contact with, not through my club, through other um, areas that I, I have in my life, um, with parents that say, look, you know, I don't have work anymore. Mm. I've already paid five, six, however many hundred dollars to the club for football that probably won't get played, mm. might not get played, might get played only a tiny amount, you know, 600 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever it is, mm. might be very, very handy to someone who has no longer got work. Mm. So, yeah. you know, I... I I'd imagine that a lot of parents would be asking for money back for, for fees from the clubs. And so, again, you know, that, that there's, if you're not getting sponsorship coming in, you're not getting matched there, and you parents yeah. asking for fees back. Yeah, but you know, this can be. I have something to say on that, right? Because uh, I feel from like from my club's point of view, Mum FC, we've had meetings. Obviously, um, we had them as soon as. You know, the news was out that the season was suspended. We're like, okay, let's have a meeting. Let's discuss, uh, you know, all the scenarios, what we can do. Um, messages out to the members and all the players, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, all the coaches are starting to get their training programs happening and get them out to the members or the, the players and then information out to the members and so on and so on. Obviously, the best case scenario is that we do resume in the short space as possible. There's a modified season and how that plays out for our players and our members. And if there's not, what happens then? So there's going to be fixed costs. You pay your coaches, you pay your grounds, you pay for your supplies, you, you, you've paid for merchandise, your kits. You cannot get that money back. It's it's sitting, landed in someone's club rooms and it might be between ten dollars and $30,000 for that mm. club. You, you can't get that back. So if everybody asks for a refund, then that that's... That's a, a challenge. Mm. That's 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 when the clubs think, what do we do here, okay? We refund everyone's money. We can't resume a soccer season in 2021. Mm. So if we're all back on deck, ready for the new soccer season, let's say it pans out that we don't play this season, we can't play it over summer because summer sports are already playing their seasons. So we're thinking of 2021. So we need to be in existence for your kids and your players to come back to a full season next season, how are we going to do that? That's how I think we should be looking at it, the yeah. most positive way. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon, Derek? Well, yeah, I mean, again, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm not providing you the answers at the moment, <laughs> just simply the questions that need to be pondered, you know. So, um, because at the end of the day, like, you know, it's like um, the someone within the spheres of influence at Real Madrid, um, Jorge Badano, has got a quote where he says, of all the unimportant things in life, football is the most important so, you know, it it has, you know, a large impact on society. But again, you know, it is still just football. So if, if, if you've got parents that are coming to the clubs and saying, I don't have work, I've not got a job, mm-hmm. I've got rent to pay, I've got a mortgage to pay, you've got food to put on the table, yeah. I've given you 1500 bucks already, 
um, for football that's not going to be played, then what, what happens? You know, ethically, you know, there's, I guess there's the financial cost, there's also the, also the ethical cost of, you know, yeah. can we say no to it in that situation? Yeah. I'd like someone to post an answer on our Facebook page to all of the questions <laughs> we've been asking. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll share them with everybody. Uh, Derek, it's been great having a chat to you. We're going to let you go and uh, move on. Appreciate your time today. Stay safe and well so you can come and have another chat to us and keep coaching. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Good on you, Derek. Cheers, have Derek. a fantastic weekend. Bye. You too. See ya. See ya. That was Derek Pollock. Now, Derek works with one of the sports organisations where he does um, coaching coaching for um, football and other sports. I can't remember the name of the organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Cedar, it's something else, something mm. like that. Mm, must talk to him on air about that sometime. We're going to go to a break and we'll come back and chat more football, of course. Uh, we are going to be talking with Neil Bennett. Uh, Steph Brantz was going to be talking, but because of the changes in the airlines, they've cut a lot of the... Um, flights out mm. that she's had to change and now because of the um, W League final which is happening in a few hours yep less than that maybe an hour yep. and 15 yep she was on a flight so there you go we're going to have a chat to Neil Bennett we'll be back soon Radio Fremantle 107.9 To help stop the spread of viruses like the flu or coronavirus, good hygiene is essential. That starts with washing your hands thoroughly with soap and water. Whenever you cough, sneeze or blow your nose, prepare food or eat, care for someone sick, touch your face or use the toilet. Remember to cough or sneeze into your arm or a tissue. Bin the tissue and wash your hands. Together we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. They can say what they want now. Cause we'll be screaming now. We can be heroes everywhere we go. We can have all that we ever want. West Coast Futsal Association has social competitions at Hollywood Futsal Club in West Perth and the Mount Lawley Futsal Club. Competitions are open for new players looking for a kick around with mates from Monday to Friday. For those looking at high-level futsal, there is the Junior Leagues in Karanjup on weekends and the Male and Female Super League competitions based in Subiaco. For more information, contact Brittany on 0481 The ponytail. I'm not you when you were a kid. The stuff your high school coach said to you will really, really motivate me. Not. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. We're girls and we play soccer. Girls need to be coached like girls. Me and I am once said, coach me like a man, but treat me like a woman. Are you going to argue with me a ham? If you're going to teach me soccer, do it right because there's a lot at stake. If I stick with sports, 
We're back. The world football team today is Penny Tanner-Hoke, Don Evans and Miranda Templeman. And our guest at the moment is Neil Bennett. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Pam. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your time today. I'm feeling very relaxed. We're actually all very relaxed today. I suspect none of us has anywhere to rush off to after the game. Usually we all go in three different directions to different <laughs> games and things. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, a, it's a strange feeling, isn't it? There's no, no live football on in WA, but uh, obviously a very big game going on over East today. Yes, absolutely. The quality of the football has been awesome in the mm. W League this year, I reckon. Mm. So you can pick some games that are like, plop them into the Women's Super League in England and they'd do okay, mm. I reckon. Bring it on. Yeah, I think, yeah, I th- I think so. Um, although it was interesting watching Sam's very first game for, for Chelsea. Um, usually, uh, whether it's because of her reputation or people know her, but I don't think anybody in that game afforded her any of the space that she sometimes gets in the W League and they clattered her a couple of times. Mm. Yep. Yep. It's all good for her further development, isn't oh, it, Neil? God, yes, it you is. Know? And good for um, yeah. the Matildas as well because yeah. she'll be a canny player, more canny player. Absolutely. She'll be like Timmy Cale. She'll come out knowing, you know, how to avoid all the dirty stuff that goes on at the highest level. <laughs> that doesn't happen in women's football. Of course Wash it does. Mouth. There's always dirty <laughs> challenges, isn't there, Miranda? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a non-impact sport. Come on. <laughs> so, now, what do you think about games being played behind closed doors versus other leagues suspending play altogether. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I, I've got mixed feelings about it because I think whilst we try to do the social distancing, that's absolutely impossible on a, on a pitch. Um, you know, there's going to be physical contact. Um, and even at the end of the game, the players just... It, they go into the normal default setting, so there's hugs and there's yes. handshakes and everything Correct. like that. Or score is, a goal. You know, mm. I was or watching score a goal. Fox, um, Jamie McLaren scored a goal. Someone ran up to him, gave him a hug. Um, he did a fist bump, a kind of modified form of a side. <laughs> and then someone did an elbow bump, and I'm like, I'm seeing all these different things happening. Everyone's trying. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a little bit mixed message all <laughs> yeah. over the place, isn't it? Yeah. I haven't seen the toe tap thing happening yet. <laughs> I've seen it in footy. Richmond yeah. <laughs> oh. Carlton. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We, we don't watch those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. So, Just kidding. Yeah, I mean, we, we're completely – there's two different worlds. I look at it in a professional sporting environment. If the team is going to go on the park and play against another professional team, then we all presume the right things are happening. They're getting looked after medically. They're mm. being isolated. They're being protected in their travels. Mm. Um, and they're therefore, they're in their own little community in lockdown. Mm. So we'll presume that all the right things are happening to keep them safe and then, therefore they can go out and play – in that environment and be safe and then we can watch them be safe. Mm. So why couldn't they replicate that in the EPL? If they had no bums on seats, why couldn't they then go and play that game and keep their squad in lockdown and the other squad in lockdown and play? Yeah, well, I know that um, some of the well, the Arsenal head coach tested positive and I think that's kind of the problem with different leagues. If they've had one person in the entire ecosystem that has tested positive, then you don't know has the head coach passed yeah. it to a player and that player is playing a game and they're passing it on to yep. another team it's and then it just blows down. out. Yeah. So I think as soon as one player tested positive or coaching stuff or something, it's then shut it's shut down. Yeah, mm. and their environment is different to ours, isn't it? Mm. Whereas uh, Australia is isolated in itself yeah. mm. and somewhere like England has got access to Europe and the world and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're different. Okay, got it. Neil, how much of what you hear, of being, being part of the media world, how much, because everyone that I talk to keeps going, like, I've had enough of TV. Like, I've just had enough <laughs> of information overload on this corona thing because everyone's now an expert and everyone's giving their thoughts. And I want telling the positive you, spins yeah, out of this. Exactly. But, I mean, h- how much um, of this stuff that we're getting fed via the tube is actually meaningful and helpful and how much is just noise? Well, I think you have to, you have to be very careful where your source is coming from. So if it's coming from government agencies, then yeah, I think that's absolutely essential. Um, and seeing local MPs re-hitting government messages uh, on social media sites, I think that that's totally valid. But we've got to be really careful is where you start to hear second-hand information. A friend of a friend told me that they heard this from another friend, you know, those sorts of issues that come up on Facebook and, and Twitter and, and even on Instagram. So... It, it, you're right, Don, because I think the the overload is, is almost too much at times. Mm. Um, but if you restrict yourself to just listening to what the advice is that's coming out from the various health ministers um, around the country and, and from the, the federal government as well, mm. and even from the World Health Organization, I think you're going to be getting the absolute up-to-date information. I know that there are daily briefings going on at, at, at very senior levels of government, uh, including not just the health, but all of the other emergency services that are involved and they're, they're regularly getting together and, and thrashing out what the latest messaging is and, mm. and what the situation is. So if you're listening to that, then I think you can't go too far wrong. But, yeah, from a sporting point of view, um, just touching back onto that Arsenal one, the, the head coach there, Arteta, it's believed that he picked that up from the Olympiakos um, mm. team who came over from Greece to play a, a European game. So whilst to take your point, Penny, about, yeah, they should be able to isolate, uh, what Miranda said is absolutely right. If one person is, is infected... Yep. The, the risks are too great. And it's not that those very healthy and fit athletes are likely to suffer life-threatening. It's who they contact. And yeah. that's the thing. That yeah. really is the thing. And uh, Derek's just contacted me and said, is CEDA that he works for? S-E-D-A. So um, just for those of you who don't know what CEDA is, it's a... Um senior secondary education uh, where um, young people can um, work at different sports, learn across different skills in those sports at different locations and uh, Derek is uh, one of the teachers in there, which I think suits him to a T. Anyway, thank you for that. Um, And moving back on to you, Neil. um, So football here is at a halt locally, um, Mm -hmm. but uh, as James Curtis said, there's going to be different activations which will come out into the community. I'll be very interested to see what they will be. Um, I hear uh, from around the world different role models now going out into smaller groups and schools and the education system where they haven't closed the school systems down and um, obviously getting those players known out in the school, which I think is a fantastic idea. Mm. Um, I'd love to see Football West activating something like that with our like Perth Glory players or our W League players mm-hmm. or, or whatever else and working with school sports, like working together. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Mm. Mm. That doesn't happen. Um, well, it hasn't happened a lot in the past. I'd like to see that happen more in the future. Um, Perth Glory's season has come to an end and um, the good thing about that for us was that uh, we had one amazing goal scorer Mm. um, in the wake of Sam Kerr moving on. We had um, Morgan Andrews scoring a stack of goals. Yeah, equal golden boot. Yeah, Yeah. it was awesome. I I take it um, she's gone back to America already? 
They're yeah. over there. She has, yeah. Yeah, self-isolating. Yeah. She's been very um, vocal on social media about, you know, lots of the ta- challenges they're doing, the toilet paper juggling and the <laughs> um, push-up challenges and everyone's nominating each other. So I think that's a great thing that's come out of it as well. Yes. Yeah, a bit, bit of fun and um, different ways to connect. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she was she was a real spark. Um, I don't think it's a. I don't think any. It would come as a surprise for anybody to to recognise that Glory had a difficult season. Um, mm-hmm. And right up to the the two two draw against Adelaide, um, and even the the one all draw against Canberra, you were struggling to see where goals were going to come from. And uh, we were conceding goals um, and playing catch up football the whole the whole season almost. And mm-hmm. then there was almost like a, a switch was flicked during the Adelaide game and some self-belief came came back into the squad. Mm. And Morgan was just phenomenal uh, at the back end of the season. She really drove them on. Um, and I thought she was outstanding. Um, the, the the way that she rose to the occasion and sort of took the, the game by the scruff of the horns almost mm. and really pushed the team on. And the, the one that stood out for me was a game against Brisbane. Nobody saw that one coming. And the first 20 minutes in Brisbane just looked completely shot. They, they didn't know what the hell was going on there because glory were all over them. Um, and, and put the game to bed in that first 20 and, and Morgan was absolutely critical in that, in, that, uh, in that result. Now, what can we do to change our season? Because <clears throat> I think that Perth Glory have this challenge every year for the W League in that we, we feel that we start late, we hit our straps late, we don't quite hit our potential... We don't possibly get the right group of girls together at the right time, so they're all kind of hitting the benchmarks at the same time. Just, it seems to be a, the same challenge every year. Well, it's almost like a new team is built every year. Um, and when you look at the results under Bobby, um, we, his first season, there were a number of injuries that had a fantastic squad, but with both Caitlin and Sam, and then there was international duties as well, which took Macca, Mackenzie Arnold out. Mm-hmm. Um, they they ended up seventh or something like that. And then the following season, they bounce back and they're grand finalists and they lose in the grand final. Next year, they're down to fifth. Then they're the grand finalists again. Mm. Um, and it, it's it's really not a good sign for consistency. And I think what's missing is that Perth Glory, rightly or wrongly, have got a complete disconnect with the local game. Um, there, there is no there is no injection into the local game whatsoever. The the coaching staff. Um, I know that Jacine is strongly involved in the state league, but um, the head coach didn't come to any games. Mm. Um, you've got to you've got to be watching players, bring players into training camps, have training camps during the season. It's no good you at the end of the season um, picking players um, based on a reputation. Um, you've got to see them in action. You've got to see them watching. Terry McFlynn came along. I don't think I saw him at a single game. Um, you know so. Those sorts of things have to change. Otherwise, we're just going to keep rehashing the same old deal. And if the Glory's plan of going down the path of having local players, which is laudable and admirable, we've really got to start investing. They've got to start investing in the local game. They've got to start bringing players into training camps and not just the ones that they've had year in, year out. They've got to bring players from outside of the NTC. There was not a single player from Fremantle in that squad mm. and yet they had two of the um, player of the years playing for them yep um, you know and they Gemma they Crane started was top off, goal scorer from Fremantle 
Yes, and and yet they they got nowhere near the squad. Mm. Um, and some players that were being selected to go into the squad, a number of eyebrows being raised about players who weren't starting eleven for their team, and they're they're in the squad. And so you you have to think, well, that smacks very much of somebody say so rather than looking at a player over a period of time. That's the system, uh, though, isn't it, Neil? The system is yeah. in place that players will go through the NTC, then they'll filter through into the glory, mm. but then you, you you said disconnect with a local game. Mm. I'm not sure yeah. that's just the challenge. I think mm. the challenge is that Perth Glory, the club, have a disconnect with the women's game. Perth Glory have a disconnect, yeah. not just with the women's game, but the juniors the okay. uh, and state league clubs. What Neil's just yeah. said, we said as uh, operators of clubs around 10, 12 years ago, when, when the ownership changed and you had the future glory, there was actually more... Um, uh, coming back to clubs at that time when Future Glory were in existence, even though we saw them taking the cream. But they actually did make a, a conscious effort to engage with the clubs. They sent players down to, to engage with our juniors. So there, there were sessions held. There were, there were there was marketing opportunities when uh, they'd come and sign uh, autographs for the kids and do, do all the promotional stuff. You actually felt a connection to the glory of the past. This current glory... Uh, call it unit is it hasn't it hasn't progressed it hasn't learnt from when we as clubs were crying out to them saying you you need to be doing more you need to be giving back to grassroots and you need to have a spread like not just one area like Neil's just said it's it, they've got to have you know and that's where our football structure I still think needs tweaking and, and fixing that we got to go back to a, like a, a regionalisation with our our clubs and, and have like. A, sort of conferences where you know Perth Glory actually come into those you know conferences and say okay we want to see your best we want to have trials for all these kids outside of the NTC the NTC is one thing yes but mm, who yeah. says that the NTC gets it right all the time correct mm. and cl clubs say they don't get it right correct. all the time correct so yeah. there's exceptions and that's where when these exceptions filter out we're losing real good talent that, that can be you know showing our state in a better in a better way that's my rant. Well, it's, um, there's, there's an example. There's three, there's three young players who've come through the NTC system but have now gone across to Bristol City. Yep. Mm. And, and, and they're, they're exceptionally talented players, but they've obviously looked at the system and thought, we're not going to get anywhere in the current system mm. for one reason or another, so we're going to try a hand and we're going to go overseas. And the, the two outfield players, and I'm really sorry, but their name escapes me at the moment, yeah. are already training. Yeah. Yes, they're already, yeah. already training training with the first-team squad. Mm. And Alex Davies is uh, the goalkeeper. She's she's training with, you know, top level. Obviously, the connection with Tanya Oxley is there, mm. but um, that wasn't the reason why Bristol City picked them up because they were Australians. They picked them up because they were good players. Mm. Um, you know, so the NTC... I think has to evolve as well, um, and I think that working more closely with the clubs from the NTC's point of view is is another thing. That whether we we move away from the NTC in the league, because what happens is that they have a, a very strong emphasis and a and a push towards the NTC challenge in June, and then everything falls apart. And the consistency of that NTC team week in week out varies so much depending on international commitments and who's available because they might be in a training camp and things like that, it has a detrimental effect on the league. Yes, they, those players 
have to play at the elite level in WA, but I, I don't know whether they would be better served to have their training with the NTC and then play their games with a club that they're affiliated to. Do you, think the, do you think the new competition of the women's NPL and the under-23s is conducive to that new structure, that maybe the Football West and FFA can keep an eye on the promising players in that club structure? Because if you look at uh, how it's panned out, there's probably two or three glory players around most of the WNPL teams, uh, bar maybe uh, two that I can think of. So that when it starts, it'll be a, a fairly strong competition with those players in it now. And if you put the NTC players or any promising young players and identified them and then maybe pre-season you did some kind of program with them, identified them and said, okay, we need to spread you out amongst the clubs um, and, mm. and have it that way and then have an even competition and keep an eye on them through whatever programs and less less like five days a week of NTC and then two days a week of glory and then you play your club or your futsal and, I don't know, I don't know it's just a thought anyway. Mm. Some clubs yeah, have pretty good so. competitions, pretty good programs, yeah. in, in-house development. Yeah, I think I think that that's got some merit. Um, I mean, the NPL, when it's, as you said, when it finally arrives, it should, it should kick-start the standard. Again, we keep going back. We haven't produced a Matilda since Sam, mm. and I don't think that that's good enough. We've had players getting up to young Matilda level, uh, Miranda there, obviously, and Morgan Aquino at, uh, at Redbacks is another one. We seem to do very well for goalkeepers. Yeah, um, unfortunately, but, goalkeepers have a really, really, really long life at the top level. So yeah. Liddy Williams is probably going to—I'm sorry, Miranda. <laughs> Liddy Williams is probably going to be there for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But how do we make that next step? So what we've been doing has not been producing. So if we keep doing what we're doing, we're not going to produce. So let's have another yeah. look. Let's see That's what right. we can do. I mean, uh, to put an under-15s team into under-23s competition especially the way the under-23s competition is going to build mm. in the next year or two, that is a huge ask for those young kids. And are they seriously going to be better footballers in a, in a game scenario if they're being exposed to having to play survival football, um, which is just move the ball as quickly as you possibly can so you don't get crunched by the physically stronger players? Mm. Now, there are arguments to say that, yes, as if you're good enough you're old enough and I agree with that but if you've got a whole bunch of young people training together what why couldn't those young people then go and train with Fremax or where they're going to have Tash and and a couple of other players or come into uh, uh, Melville you know where they've got a lot of ex-glory players playing in there wouldn't that be a better environment for them learning from those more experienced players rather than being in a group where they're all learning together and they're having to really listen to the coach. Mm. Um, and I think that's the downfall of the NTC system, is that you put a lot of young players in, and then they don't develop. Right at the beginning, when Alistair Edwards was in charge, the age profile was much different. It was up to 23, 24. Tanya Oxterby was yeah. in there. Uh, Davidia was in there. Colette McCallum was in there. And so the younger players that fed in, they were being exposed to top, top players yep. from an early age. They mm. weren't having to learn from themselves. They were learning from the more experienced players. Mm. And the results were such that that particular group, um, you know, Sam came out of that. And then we had um, Ella Mastrantonio come out of that. Mm. Um, and we had other players coming out of that, you know, Shannon May. Mm. 
um, who've gone on and played over 100 games at glory level. So I think that that model is probably preferable to a group of young players who are in together and learning the game together. Uh, because as good as they may be, they don't have all the answers. Neil, before we let you go, and we do have to let you go soon, the semi, sorry, the grand final of the W League is coming up. It's behind closed mm-hmm. doors. Uh, if you do have Fox, you can watch it. Or the football live app. Yeah, my football app. Yep. Um, but if you know someone who's got um, Fox, go land at their house at mm-hmm. half an hour after the show finishes, I think, kick-off mm-hmm. time. <laughs> yep, so... I think it's on ABC as well, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Uh, Pretty sure it actually, is. Actually, yeah. it is, yeah, yeah. it yep. is. Yep. Sorry, Steph. Yep. Mm. So, yeah, so ABC uh, Live football app and Fox. I'm not sure if it's live on Fox, though. It'll be on KO, yeah, yeah, at least. It was on Fox. Yeah. Is it? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. I'm sure Simon will remind me if it is or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, yeah, Melbourne City and Sydney, which ended like this on the W League table. Uh, Melbourne City were top, Melbourne victory, then Sydney, and then Western Sydney Wanderers. We're going to have to let you go, Neil. <laughs> um, we could talk more, but we'll do that another time, okay? Come sure, back absolutely. And a, a quick tip, I, I reckon Melbourne City. Can't see, can't see them losing that one. Score? Today. Give us a score tip. 3-1. Uh, Lots of goals. Ooh, okay, yeah. I've got that. Yeah. Neil's tip, Melbourne City 3-1. No problems. Very good. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the final. Mm. I will do. Thanks very much. Good All on you, Neil. Neil. See ya. Thanks, Neil. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. That was Neil Bennett, weatherman for... Not just a weatherman. ABC. And He's a real football he, man. He is a football he tragic, loves, really. He loves our game. He does. Yeah. It's all good. It is. Yep, we're going to come back and talk more football, of course, after this break. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Do you want better strata management? Put Prosperity Strata Management at the top of your list. We provide a flat competitive fee with no extra or hidden charges. We provide value for money repairs with contractor prices reviewed regularly. And we provide prompt professional service with 30 years experience, which is why our clients recommend us. Your property is our concern. See prosperitystratamanagement.com.au Station sponsor. They can say what they want now. West Coast Futsal Association has social competitions at Hollywood Futsal Club in West Perth and the Mount Lawley Futsal Club. Competitions are open for new players looking for a kick around with mates from Monday to Friday. For those looking at high level futsal, there is the Junior Leagues in Karanjap on weekends and the Male and Female Super League competitions based in Subiaco. For more information, contact Brittany on 0481 881343. The World Football Programme is a community programme run by volunteers. Just like our host station, Radio Fremantle, applies for government grants and sponsorships from year to year to keep us on air. Your support by way of station membership or donation is greatly valued. Contact Radio Fremantle weekdays 94942100 for information on how to become a member or to donate to the station. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to the World Football Program. The 
W League Grand Final. I keep in my head, I'm mixing that up. The W League Grand Final is coming up very shortly and one of the squads has released their team list. Miranda, go for it. Yeah, Melbourne City have released their team list. So we've got Lydia Williams in goals. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> um, Rebecca Stott, Emma Checker and Lauren Barnes. Steph Catley, Kinga, Lewick, Ellie Carpenter, Emsley, Van Egmont and Kaya Simon. So very as you would expect lineup. An awesome lineup. They're going to kick some... Something. Yeah, you can't see Something. them losing, can you? <laughs> no. After the season they've had. Yes, a very good season. Good morning, good afternoon to you, Simon. How are you? Very good, guys. Uh, all healthy, which is the important thing. I, I know uh, about the confusion with the names of the leagues. I've heard somebody re- refer to the W League as uh, the Women's A League, which I thought <laughs> oh. was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. We are in different times, aren't we? <laughs> We've just been talking about how some of the different leagues are doing their games behind doors and how they're um, over superimposing like little fan snippet videos and how they're just letting the team play out. And uh, I'm sorry, but I was listening to some AFL games. Sorry, everyone. And I could hear everyone on the pitch talking to each other. Mm. Of course, when the crowd is full, you can't hear any of the guys talking. So that was quite an interesting yeah. scenario. I think one of the players came out and um, said they were scared they'd hear some foul language on the, <laughs> on the mics. <laughs> they uh, did un- well when I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> unusual, very unusual. Mm. Yeah. So how, how is this new world looking for you, Simon? Um, probably the same as everybody else, quite closed at the moment. Yeah, actually. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult times. I mean, obviously, you know, in the A-League, we're mm. continuing to play. The W-League as well, obviously, that's, you know, through to the grand final space, so we've only got one more game to go. Um, mm. Whether we'll get through to the end of the season, I, I've no idea. Mm. I, I, it's a situation that, you know, changes not just day by day, but seemingly hour by hour at the moment. Um, and I think, you know, unfortunately, all it will take is, for one positive diagnosis of this COVID-19 for a player or a coach or an administrator or somebody to shut it down. that's connected to one of the teams. Mm. And, you know, that's pretty much done, I think. Yep. Um, I, I can't see how the league can continue in in that scenario. But, uh, you know, for now, we, we press on. Uh, mm. I'm doing the Sydney Derby tonight at Bankwest Stadium, which is going to be a very odd and eerie experience mm. uh, and a totally empty stadium for such a big game. But uh, that's the world we're in at the moment. And, you know, we're all in this together. So mm. we've got to try and make the best of it, I guess. Exactly. And, you know, like, uh, I suppose as a commentator, you know, the, the the surreal thing will be you haven't got a crowd to bounce off and you, you mm. can only focus on the action that's happening on the field and um, and be embracing what, what the players are doing. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I was asked about this on another radio interview this morning and, um, you know, obviously we did the game last night between Brisbane and Newcastle, which was played on the Gold Coast, which is, you know, a very similar situation. And, and it is strange, once the whistle goes, I mean, it is odd in the build-up, but once the whistle goes, you, you sort of focus on the football as a commentator. I'm sure it's the same as a player. Mm. Uh, it's it's just another game of football. It, mm. It's just unfortunate that, obviously, you know, you, you play for fans, and as commentators, it's so much nicer to have a big crowd, you know, behind you because you feel that vibe. Um, mm. But it's just not possible at the moment, and... I suppose in many ways, although a lot, a lot of people disagree with the decision to play on, and I, I fully understand and respect those views, at least we've got some football to watch. Yes. Uh, in many parts of the world, there's nothing. And, yep. you know, the, as a football fan myself, 
I, I guess you, you're feeling really starved uh, mm. of your favourite <laughs> pastime in those parts of the world. And just we were talking about that, just looking at Football 24 and looking around the world to see who else was actually having a kick. And Hong Kong, Singapore, Not many. Belarus, <laughs> and uh, and the Burundi uh, League we had to search for, and then Nicaragua, which you know <laughs> just tells you how scarce it is. And uh, you know when there is a game, it actually <laughs> because people are starved of it, I'm surprised that uh, you know the the major networks haven't actually said, okay, let's tap in and show some football because we're, we're all tragic. We like watching, you know, two teams having a go. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's why that's why I put out on Twitter yesterday. You know, for all overseas followers, get behind the A League. Uh, absolutely, you know, let's get a bit of traction for our competition. Make hay while the sun doesn't shine, or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's interesting. You know, it's funny you, you mention all those leagues around the world, doesn't that just underline how global our game is? Yes. Um, I don't think there'll be too many AFL games being played in Nicaragua this weekend. No, mm. can't, yeah. can't imagine that. No. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, you would expect that the numbers signing up for internet um, access now would be going through the roof because. Mm limited football grassroots level A League is like we say one of those leagues still being played mm. got the W League grand final today mm. so um, it'll be the A League it'll be one of the few that people can tap into anywhere in the world yep well yeah and uh, you know the A League and the W League are uh, shown in I think it's well over 30 40 countries around the globe on a weekly basis anyway so you know they do have small but significant followings in, in places like the UK and, mm. and the States uh, various parts of Europe and Asia. You know, I know that there are A-League Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts in France and various other parts of the world. So, you know, in many respects, we don't give our league the respect it deserves in this country. A lot of people watch it overseas and uh, you know, they enjoy watching it. All right, it's not the Premier League, it's not La Liga, but, yep. you know, it's football. Yep. And, and people around the world are football tragics. They love watching the sport, so... Uh, I, I think we'll have quite a few people around the world that are tuning in um, this weekend. Some will be doing it because they do it already, but uh, maybe a lot of others are flicking around the channels and looking for some football to watch. So let's hope they uh, they find our games. So virtual football is that going to be the <laughs> new the, the new uh, uh, call it Millennium is Blockbuster? Football. Is that where it's all going to? V- virtual football? What do you mean? E League. E-League online oh, E-League. formats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's not really my generation. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's huge. Right, you know, now. I know a lot of kids play yeah. the FIFA games. And, yeah. uh, again, it's another advantage that our sport has because, you know, we got there first and those FIFA games, online video games are absolutely massive. But... Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I was a Sabutio man, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm same, same. So, that, uh, yeah, that's that, that's <laughs> really uh, absolutely uh, Sabutio and uh, foosball, the old table soccer. But yeah, uh, is, is it uh, Hugh that comes on here and has a chat about Sabutio? Yeah, 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 Hughie Best. But yeah. um, I mean, can you imagine uh, Ronaldo versus Messi on an E League game? Do, do, can you imagine how many people actually want to watch that mm. game? You know, seeing who's the greatest out of those two. Yeah, millions. (laughs) And that's where that's where our game will still draw a crowd. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we have all those global advantages, and uh, you know, sooner or later in this country, once we actually lift our gaze and look a little bit more globally than Mm. we do at the moment, Mm. you know, we'll tap into all that. Um, you, You look at all the long term indicators of you know, where the sports are going. And with the greatest respect to the AFL and the Rugby League and the Eastern Seaboard, they ain't going anywhere. 
really. Um, yep. <laughs> so, you know, we, we've, we've got all those advantages, um, uh, globalisation, mm. demographics, uh, the money that is, is ploughed into football around the world. Mm. Uh, and sooner or later, our, our game in this country will realise its potential. might not be number one in this country. It doesn't matter. I don't care about that, to be mm. honest. So long as it fulfils its potential, and sooner or later it will. Yes. What, what impact do you think this um, period of, let's call it, uh, uh, in, indecisiveness and, and all of us being inactivity, on edge in activity? Yeah, but just, yeah. well, uh, nobody knows what decision to make uh, for the grassroots, right? For example, we're, we're shutting it down now for till the 14th of April. Now, you know, CEO said that at the 14th of April they'll make it another call on it. But, um, you know, wh- where, where do our A-League owners sit if the A-League shut down, I mean, how do you see those guys being impacted financially and also their long-term commitment towards being involved in football? Well, I hope it's not going to uh, impact upon their long-term commitment because otherwise we really are in trouble. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in the short term, they're going to lose money. Yeah. If the A-League was to shut down, I mean, they're already going to lose money because, mm. you know, we'd, we'd, we're not allowing crowds into the stadiums, rightly so, but... Uh, yeah. You know that's that's got to hit your bottom line in terms of, of gate revenue. Um, but you know, a more serious consequence, really, I guess, is you know the TV broadcast deals. Mm. Um, now, you know, obviously, I work for Fox Sports, as, as uh, to be transparent about it. But mm. you know, Fox owns a lot of broadcast contracts for a lot of sports. If they've got no sport to show, mm. that hits uh, their bottom line, yeah. um, and you know, potentially puts people like me out of work. Yeah. Um, now, if, if that all happens, and, and remember that football doesn't exist in isolation, even in this country, uh, if football is to shut down, you can be pretty sure that soon after or, or even before, the AFL and the Rugby League and all the other sports will follow suit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's a big worry. It, it's going to affect all sorts of businesses, um, not just sports. So th- this is a global problem, and it's not just a, a global sport problem. It's a global society problem. We're all in this together, as yeah. I said at the start. And yeah. I, I think an awful lot of people are going to lose their jobs, maybe me included. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to take a, you can have a job here. You can come and work here on this station, no problem. Yeah, we pay you <laughs> as long cups as of tea. Pay, Benny, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> cups of tea. And relocate you to Perth, obviously. <laughs> now, a, a, a guy that's near and dear to all our hearts here in Perth uh, has moved on in Daniel Garb. Uh, which which way is Garby heading after his uh, stint with Fox? <laughs> Didn't know that. I have that. no idea. Right. Um, so news to you. <laughs> okay. There you go. All right. Well, that Look, was. I'm obviously, you know, I'm very sorry to see uh, uh, Dan leave the station. I've worked quite closely with him over the last uh, few years, mm. um, and again, I think he, you know, is the victim really of of uh, the economic situation. He certainly wasn't the only one uh, to lose his job. There's an awful lot of people uh, that have have left Fox this week. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be more to come. Um, including, you know, might I say, a lot of people that people don't necessarily know from front of camera, but a lot of people behind the scenes who've worked there for a long time, they've also left. Um, it, it's very, very sad and, mm. and a very worrying situation at the moment for mm. all of us yeah. um, because the media landscape is, is changing exponentially and 
nobody knows what what it's going to look like in the next six months. It's it's uh, it's very disconcerting for a lot of people at the moment. Who can I send a letter to at Fox to say that they should retain you? In fact, I'll, I'll get a lot of people here. To <laughs> so we'll start a petition. <laughs> you leave Simon alone. I don't, I don't think that will make uh, much difference, to be honest. But I, I thank you for the for the uh, for the sentiment. <laughs> yeah, um, you've said a few times that um, you don't think the W the A League gets the respect that it deserves. Um, I assume you mean in our country, like, and you're talking yeah. about A-League in particular. Um, do you think that at this moment, with it still being played behind closed doors, that, that it is getting the respect? Well, I'm not sure that has any impact one way or the other, to be honest. Uh, I mean, half the people think it's great we're still playing. Uh, the rest think we should be shutting down due to public safety. And, look, I've got sympathy with, with both uh, viewpoints. I think... What I mean in more general terms is that uh, the A-League really is, <laughs> by and large in the media anyway, it, it's, it's the country's favourite sporting punching bag. Um, you know, it, it cops an awful lot of pelters mm. from both outside and inside the game. Mm. A lot of disgruntled people with, within the game who won't have a bar of the A-League. Um, obviously, there's a you know, cultural split uh, within the game. There's also a lot of vested interests outside the game in this country that want to see it fail or are happy to see it fail. Uh, and obviously the other codes aren't just going to you know, roll out the welcome mat for us and, and let us have a free uh, hit at, at growing as much as we possibly can because they know full well the threat of this sport because it's the biggest sport in the world. So, you know, the more they can keep it in its box, uh, the happier they are. So we've got the double whammy essentially, uh, and we've got, you know, some other problems that the other sports have as well, Australia's geographical size uh, and the fact that travel is, is difficult. Uh, we also have to compete, you know, visually against the likes of the Premier League and La Liga, the global leagues that, uh, in terms of standard, of course, are much better. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle. We all know this in Australia. But, you know, what we have to develop, and I've said this many times in your show before, once the coronavirus crisis is over, obviously, yeah. uh, we need to develop the tribalism for our clubs that uh, they have overseas. We've done that to a certain extent with the A-League. We need to do it an awful lot more. That requires uh, time, it requires investment, and it requires all those of us that love the game to work together rather than against each other, and that's the biggest problem we have. Football United, we keep talking yeah. about that, that day. When will football become united in this country? <laughs> it like... might, might be a cold day in hell when yeah. it happens. It, it could, <laughs> could. Anyway, you know, we, we press on, we, yeah. we live in hope. Yeah, that's it. Simon, I just wanted to let you know that we had a chat to the CEO, James Curtis of Football West, earlier today, and um, Football West is reciting at Princess Margaret Hospital, which um, they, we actually bought, Football West actually bought their own premises opposite Perth Glory's ground at HBF Park a right. few years back, um, mm -hmm. but without grown it. So they've, uh, in, in I think, promises along the way from the government, because we haven't got a home of football yet. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> what yeah, a surprise. I, I yeah. know, right? <laughs> exactly. So, so Foot story across a lot of space, Football West yeah. have been offered space at the Princess Margaret Hospital. Now, the Princess Margaret Hospital has actually been decommissioned. So the new children's hospital is what's now being used here and it might be a bit right. ironical that they're actually at a hospital at this moment that could be used as a hospital but well, they're in the right place aren't I, they? I know <laughs> right i know so that's where they're located but um they've got a moratorium of a couple of years before it's going to be demolished 
and this is where the promises and the elections and the politics come into it that we don't have a home to go to after that. So we're kind of hoping yep. that this is where the government's going to step in and say, okay, the only sport, the only major sport that does not have a home is football. We need to give them at home now. Mm. Well, Pam, this is what I'm talking about, and this is a similar story right around the country. Football, as we know, in terms of participation, uh, involvement in the game on a week-by-week basis is the biggest in the country, not just by a bit, by a landslide. Mm. We have nearly 2 million players. Um, Now, at some point, the penny has got to drop with governments, both state and federal, that this game needs an awful lot more support than it's currently getting. I'll give you one other example from another part of the country. I was down in Melbourne uh, about six weeks ago, uh, the start of the new NPL season down there, giving a bit of a pep talk to their local commentators. Uh, And Football Victoria uh, told me that such is the demand for players um, wanting to join teams in Victoria. They are currently 460 pitches short wow. of meeting just the current demand, let alone future growth, which mm. we, we see year in, year out. So 460 pitches they need just to basically get back up to speed with, with where they're at currently. They are turning players away. We, we haven't got enough facilities to service the number of players we have at the moment. Now, that is a national disgrace. Mm. And it's a similar story in a lot of states. We all know the reasons why. The AFL in the West and Rugby League in the East, they have the loudest voices. They have all the media on side. Mm-hmm. Whenever government money is, is due to be doled out, they basically have a private conversation between themselves as to how they're going to spend it. Mm. And no other sport gets a look in. I'll give you one other little example. And I'm sure it's the same... Uh, with, in fact, I know it's the same with the AFL in Victoria. The NRL this week came out and basically asked the government to bail them out of this current coronavirus crisis mm-hmm. and said, give us money. We're an essential part of the Australian landscape. We can't survive. This is a crisis. Mm-hmm. The government has to give us money. Are you, are you serious? Mm-hmm. What, about, what about the rest of the, the sports in the country? Mm-hmm. We just all get ignored. Yeah. So th- this is the landscape we live in, and at some point... Our leaders have to stand up for the game. And to be fair, they're trying to do that uh, at FFA HQ in Sydney at the moment and and have these conversations with government and say, hey, just a minute, these sports that get all this money from government, and don't forget they have billions of dollars in TV broadcast revenue as well, much more than we do. They're getting all the cash and we're getting shafted, basically. Mm. And we've got all the playing numbers. Now, if you want you know, people to vote for you, they're all involved in football. Yep. They've got to start getting with the program. We need to get political, that's right. Now, Simon, before we let you go, we are going to say that Perth Glory are playing United on Monday night, 6.30 at yep. HBF Park, behind mm-hmm. closed doors. If you can get Correct. a vantage point from one of the big trees around the stadium, I'm sure <laughs> there'll be some fans with buses and ladders and all kinds of things. That'll be a funny sight, seeing, seeing the fans loaded up in those Morton Bay figs. <laughs> Something different. Well, so, we, we, had to, we had three supporters outside the uh, uh, the Seabus Stadium on the Gold Coast last night. Uh, I don't know if you heard them on the coverage, banging the drum, Brisbane Raw supporters turned up and watched through the gate. That's commitment. <laughs> Good on I, I noticed there were still some um, goal yeah. hugs and some goal celebrations happening. It's just, yeah. I don't know, it's just instinctive. Elbow bumps. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all kind of things happening. Uh, uh, go, Glory. We're sitting fifth on the table at the moment with uh, 31 points, and we'll see what yep. pans out for the rest of the season. But go, Glory.
Come on, Glory, you can do it. Thanks, Simon, for joining us. We do appreciate your time. Stay well and healthy till next time we chat. Pleasure, guys. You too. Have a yeah. good weekend. Good All the best, Simon. See ya. Bye. See ya. That was Simon Hill, Fox Sports commentator, joining us. Well, gee, I certainly hope he's going to be joining us again. Oh, jeez. It's worrying times when you see a great guy like Garby, you know, lost to uh, the airwaves. But um, Flipping heck. Movement at the station yeah, everywhere. There is. But all the best to everybody. Stay safe and healthy, everyone. Thanks for joining us, Miranda, Don, and uh, go the girls, the ladies, playing in the W League final. Go home and join someone and stream it somewhere. Enjoy. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>